show with love. Hey, what's up, man? How are you doing? I'm doing well. Are you doing something about the Iowa caucus? Mm, no, I'm not. And why were you singing that song? Because that is going to be my movie recommendation. Sorry to give that away. I'm Dustin Bass, and your Charlie Trash self is Charlie Trash? Charlie Sorry. Chan? Charlie Chan self. Yeah, I'm Alan Joachim, as brilliant and smart as Charlie Chan. Yeah, he was a good man. He was a good man. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to be talking about one of the more historical moments that's ever happened in American history that happened just here recently, and that was the impeachment trial of President Donald Trump, which ended in acquittal. Um, But before we get to that, let's go through our book and movie recommendation because we did not do the Facebook Live. Um, You weren't feeling well. You look like Nixon during the Nixon-Kennedy debate. You look like you're sick. What's wrong with you? Well, I went to China and uh, just got back. Oh, shoot. <coughs> shoot. Um, hey, can I try some of that juice you're drinking No, there? I think you've done enough already. All right, well. I did sip it, though. You didn't... Uh, yeah. Have you already had a sip? In... I, I took a sip, you know, I've... before when your back was turned while you were setting up the equipment. It. Thanks, man. I like, uh, I like when you drink after me okay. and before me. All right. Um, book and movie recommendation. Yours are... A Devil of a Whipping. All right, moving on to the movie. uh, The The Battle of Cowpens. Uh, Cowpens was, uh, if you want to see what it kind of looked like, watch that uh, Mel Gibson movie, The Patriot. Um, That big battle at the end of the movie was supposedly the Battle of Cowpens. It it was kind of followed a little bit, but uh, the real Tarleton was not killed in that battle. Okay. That's my book Uh, by Lawrence Babbitt. The movie is The Crossing by, uh, or starring Jeff Daniels, but mm-hmm. interestingly enough, it's written by a communist. Did you say Jeff Daniels? Jeff Daniels. Oh. I thought you put a D in no. between the L and the S. No, Jeff Daniels, the guy from The Dumb and Dumber oh. um, and Speed. Now, it was written, ironically, by Howard Fast, who was a communist that worked in the uh, FDR administration, which isn't surprising because there were quite a few communists in the... FDR administration, mm-hmm. like Alger Hiss. And, I was going to say, like, his, one of his and, primary... Uh, the, his vice president up until 44. Um, her- oh, hell, I don't even remember what his name was. But he had his vice president up until 44, and then they kind of kicked him out and put Truman in. Yeah. Because uh, they felt like, hey, FDR is on the verge of death, and we don't want a communist uh, running the country. So anyway, but I haven't seen it, but a friend of mine named Mar- Marlene DeVia, who lives in New Jersey, who's real big into the Washington Crossing stories, recommended it to me. Okay. All right. So well, my movie recommendation is, as I said, or I sang from Russia with love, fitting? Uh, only Ukraine because Iowa- is right next to Russia. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, get over the Iowa thing. Get over that for a second. Well, no. Look, no, look at me. I think Nancy. No, look I, at me. Hey, I'm looking. Look at, at me. You. I'm looking. Nancy I'm the captain now. Na- You're the, the captain, captain now. Okay. okay. All right. Nancy. All right. You, you saw what happened to him okay. at the end of the movie. Nancy Pelosi. I think, Nancy Pelosi is not saying, a movie star. Yeah, She's true. actually the speaker of the house of the. <sighs> well, they're blaming the Russians or someone on what happened in Iowa. But no, you were right. Ukraine is. Next to Russia, and they were both part of the Soviet Union for that's right for about eighty years. So that's my movie recommendation. Every so often, and it's usually on a yearly basis, I get this urge to watch some James Bond movies. Mm-hmm. 
From Russia with Love is my favorite James Bond movie. Um, so mine is Thunderbolt. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that is my movie recommendation. We've got a new James Bond movie coming out in April. My book recommendation is one of my favorite books by Robert Penn Warren called All the King's Men. And since we're dealing with a time of corruption all around, it seems, I think this is a fitting book to read. And I, I guarantee you that you will enjoy it, whether you're into politics or not. It's such a really good story. I actually won the Pulitzer Prize. Um, all right. Well, are you ready to talk about this fallout, potential fallout from the impeachment trial? Yeah, let's talk about it because apparently the whole country is talking about it right now. Uh, As they should. With uh, Facebook being a microcosm of the political Entire. discussions that we see right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see a lot of friends unfriending each other. A lot of people are very angry yeah. whether um, whether they were for or against Trump. Um, quite disturbing, some of yeah. the things that I'm seeing. And, and this is one of the things that I was afraid of. I knew this was going to happen. And, um, you know, we'll, we, we will discuss this, but I was quite upset with the whole process. Yeah, it was a very, very upsetting process. But uh, I, I think, you know, what we're wanting to talk about is what, it, what are the potential repercussions of this entire situation? Mm-hmm. Um, it, is, it is no secret that the Democrats had been wanting to impeach him from the, from the very beginning. Um, with the whole idea of, you know, there was Russia collusion. Um, so we had a two-year um, investigation of that, which proved that there wasn't. They were um, talking about impeachment before he was even elected. Correct. Yeah. I mean, so it, it's been an ongoing thing. One of the um, new uh, representatives uh, was like, hey, we're going to impeach the MFR, mm-hmm. and you know, forgive me for that, for that. But Tle- I mean, it's just Tlaib uh, from Michigan. I can't remember her. Yeah, name, she's like but, a Palestinian. But but she just came right out, and that was sort of the sentiment with a lot of of Democrats yeah. there. Which it's like if if that's if that's what you're going for uh, from the beginning, regardless of what um, is it, regardless of the evidence that you have, even if you, if you're going in before anything is happened um and i'm sure she she may have been basing that on the whole russia collusion thing because you know democrats were really believing that this had happened Mm -hmm. or at least they were pushing it as if they really believed that it happened um but you're going in with everybody on the other side of the aisle is saying well we know exactly what you're going for you're going for impeachment because you've already said it at the very beginning and it's sort of uh what we had mentioned a couple of weeks ago on our our topic of what Bernie Sanders said was President Trump is the most dangerous president in American history, right? And so we we talked about a number of things that presidents have done. We mentioned Trump's uh, the Muslim ban or the travel ban, right? And so they called it the Muslim ban because he had already you know created this rhetoric of talking about you know not having Muslims during the during the the campaign trail and all this. So it sort of transferred over into his time in the presidency. So once you put that law into place, everybody just connects that dot. Um, and so that's what at least Republicans have done, you know, to the Democrats whenever this whole impeachment stuff is like, you've been wanting to do this. It didn't matter what it is. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that whole idea. Was this uh, super partisan? Was this strictly about 
we're getting rid of a president that we don't like. And as we do on this show, we like to talk about things that had happened in the past so we can actually put things together. Um, and I know we want to start with the first impeachment or presidential impeachment, which is Andrew Johnson, mm-hmm. uh, going back all the way to 1867. Um, so there were 11 articles of impeachment that the House put together, um, and the Senate only used three of them. Um, during the Senate phase, during the trial, um, they brought in 41 witnesses. Uh, that's 25 for the prosecution, 16 for the defense. Now, eight of those 11 articles that the House had put together were dealing with the, off, the Tenure of Office Act, which interestingly enough, so for the listeners who don't know why Andrew Johnson was being impeached, one, obviously he, he took over shortly after Lincoln was, um, he had just been um, reelected and then he was assassinated and then on, Andrew Johnson took over the presidency. Well, well, you know, Johnson was a Democrat. Right. And yeah. he was uh, the radical, because there was a group known as the radical Republicans. Right. They believed in Victor's justice mm-hmm. against the South. And they were the ones that pushed for this impeachment. Right. Yeah. And but the thing is, like at the beginning, they thought that that, you know, because uh, Andrew Johnson was still for the union, although he was a Democrat, he was still for the union during the whole, you know, secession. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when he took over the office, you know, a lot of the even the Republicans were like, well, we it looks like we can still move forward with a lot of what we're wanting to do with the whole reconstruction and everything and dealing with the southern states. Um, shortly thereafter, they start realizing, okay, um, no, because he was vetoing a lot of their you know legislation that they were putting in to establish the rights of, of free slaves. Um, and, and he's firing a lot of his cabinet members which they're like, you can't be doing this. Even though some of those cabinet members were Lincoln appointees, which is like, if you're a new president, you should be able to, you know, put in whoever you want, mm-hmm. right? Um, so they decided to create a past legislation called the Tenure of Office Act in March. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, a few months later, once, you know, there's this going back and forth of firing, I think it's the Secretary of War, um, and trying to put him back in, legislation's trying to put him back, or Congress trying to put him back in. All this thing is going on. Finally, they're like, okay, you have gone against this new bill that we just passed, which felt like they passed it in order to put him in a bind so that they could find a reason to impeach him. Mm-hmm. And so eight of those articles dealt with going against, you know, Johnson going against the Tenure of Office Act. Um, and so you have a two month trial in the Senate, which they only did three of the 11 articles, which was articles two, three, and 11. This one was a really close impeachment as far as the Senate vote. Wasn't it like only he was off by one vote? One vote for all three. Yeah. Because it ended up being 35 to 19. So 35 convicted, 19 acquitted. They needed it to be 36, 18. Because it's supposed to be two-thirds of, of the Senate. Uh, so for all three, same vote, missed it by one. And you had some of the radical Republicans that voted to acquit. You know, there were some that, that voted not to not to convict him. One of them was Senator James Grimes of Iowa. 
And I think this is pretty fitting to what we're dealing with um, here recently. He says, I cannot agree to destroy the harmonious working of the Constitution for the sake of getting rid of an unacceptable president. So, I mean, this is this is a this is a moment that happened, you know, 100 and, you know, 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it feels eerily similar um, to what we just went through. And I, I, I say what, you know, 1867, the next impeachment happened in 1998 Yes. Um, with, with Clinton. Yeah. And now, you know, you have Clinton and then just, what, 20 years later? Yeah. You, know, you have another impeachment? Mm -hmm. It's very odd. Well, it was, uh, let's see, I was, I was trying to do a little bit of calculating that uh, when, when it was Clinton, you had one out of every 20-some, 21, 22 uh, presidents being impeached. Now it's down to one ev out of every 15. And as you mentioned, uh, uh, we discussed before about the number of presidents just in the last four, the last four presidents, two of them have been impeached. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I did not, I, I knew that this was coming. I knew that after Bill Clinton was impeached and uh, you had, uh, I forgot what that guy's name, the one that was uh, doing, he was one of the attorneys who spoke in favor of Trump. Um, he was originally sent there to investigate Whitewater. Um, what was, I forgot what was his name, the Whitewater investigator. You uh, Ken Starr? Ken Starr. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Ken Starr had spent a lot of time originally talking about Whitewater, but it ended up being about um, uh, the whole Monica Lewinsky affair mm -hmm. and uh, Paula Jones where he lied to a grand jury uh, during a sexual harassment suit. Mm -hmm. And the, the defense of Clinton was that, oh, okay, he lied about an affair. Mm -hmm. Well, a little bit more involved, this was a grand jury, and this was before the Me Too movement even took place. Mm -hmm. So, and I think now if there was a Me Too movement at that time, maybe it would have been a little bit different. But uh, Maybe. Um, you know, there... The, the sexual harassment suits had been happening quite a bit during that era. You had Bob Packwood, who was a senator out of Oregon. Uh, you had Clarence Thomas, mm -hmm. who uh, uh, made it to the Supreme Court, and now he comes along. So, you know, that, that, that was qu happening quite frequently, but we still did not have the Me Too movement. Mm -hmm. and that wasn't until the whole, whole Harvey Weinstein came about. But, you know, the argument was, well, he didn't want his wife to know. So... And didn't like Ken Starr, I didn't hear, I didn't listen to, to his. I listened to some of Jay Sekulow's. I listened to Adam Schiff, mm -hmm. uh, a couple of the other managers. I listened to Alan Dershowitz. Um, and this is during the Senate trial. I mean, I listened to some of the, the witness interviews uh, or witness testimonies during the, during the House um, investigation, but... Wasn't he saying, don't make the same mistake that I did or, or you know, this, you know, he's sort of almost regretting um, the whole Clinton impeachment thing. Like, it's not good for the country. Wasn't that one of the things that he was sort of saying? I, I did not listen to him. I Because I saw that read, on Twitter. Yeah, I read, I like read people something People were going nuts, that. like, really, you're bringing this up? And I'm, yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Obviously, you know, this people who were like complaining about what Clint Ken Starr was, was saying were, you know, is very on the partisan side of, you know, Democrat side. But I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Like Ken, it's too late for you to be saying, and especially now, mm -hmm. like that is, 
that's a dead horse that you're you're bringing out to the Senate. It's well, like, why are you going to say, oh, don't don't do this, don't do what I did, don't? Well, you already did it. That is that's a genie that you can't put back in the mm-hmm. bottle. So that was that was I, I just well, think whole, that was a really the whole bad Ken Starr the whole Ken Starr Commission uh, the investigation. You know, like I said again, it started as a whitewater investigation mm-hmm. to see if if uh, there was some sort of a sweetheart deal that the Clintons benefited, which it really did look like it did because Hillary made quite a bit of money. Um, and uh, one of the guys that he ended up going to prison, he, he even stated that he didn't, he didn't get any money for the deal. He gave it to the Clintons as a gift, mm-hmm. which that's a sweetheart deal. Yeah. But the thing that, the thing that I remember is that, that the Democrats were saying, we're going to get you. We're going we're gonna to fight back. So the following election, George Bush is elected president, and there were immediate calls for impeachment um, for a variety of reasons, the big one being the uh, Iraq war. But immediately I heard calls for impeachment. And then Obama is elected. Mm-hmm. I hear the same thing. We need to impeach him. We need to impeach him. Now, I, I didn't like Obama. I, I didn't. I, I, I never made that a secret. But for me, you know, when he was reelected in 2012, I was very disappointed. I was, I was you know, upset. But... Okay, it's like losing a football game. There's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. He has won. The people spoke. Now you just got to deal with it. Yeah. And then hopefully in four years. Right. But, but to impeach him, I felt, was a terrible mistake because, number one, that's not fair to the process. You're going to anger a lot of people in mm-hmm. this country. And number two, it's going to be used as a weapon yeah. for the next time a Republican is... Yeah, and it's just going to be a tit for right, tat. Thing. Right, exactly, which is what it's now becoming because yeah. I am now hearing that, okay, if Biden is elected president, mm-hmm. we're going to impeach him yeah. because of the whole Ukraine and you know and Hunter Biden. Right. And, and I'm sorry, it's not good for the country. Yeah. This, this is going to create such a problem... That maybe, just maybe, in the next election, whether Trump wins, whether Bi- if Biden wins, are we going to have a country where some states are just going to say, you know what, we're not going to listen to you because you're not a legitimate uh, candidate? Yeah, that's a it's a scary thing. I mean, that goes all the way to. But that's what this, happened in the Civil War. Situation. Well, that's what happened with the Civil War, where um, you had like Alabama, Mississippi, that were saying we are not going to abide by this man Lincoln, who just was elected. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's an abolitionist, to tell us how to run our lives. Yeah. We're, you know what? We're going to secede. We're mm-hmm. done. We're done here. California, you know, if Trump wins again, California theoretically could do the same thing because they are a sanctuary state. Mm-hmm. Their, their leaders think vastly different than most of the country. Not all the country, but most of the most country. Most of the country, yeah. And, you know... This is part of the reason why I've always felt that we need to decentralize power in D.C. There's too much power in D.C. You know, we, which is we a conversation need, for another for time. another time. Yeah. But, but but this is what leads to all of this, right? Um, and speaking of leading to all of this, there was there was partisan support for the president during the Johnson. Impeachment, like I said, there was some radical Republicans that voted to to acquit him, mm-hmm. and there were also a number of Republicans who voted to acquit Clinton. I think there were five or 
five or yeah, six. There I were think quite there a, were there five were quite a Republicans few. that decided to acquit him on all on both accounts. Now there were four articles of impeachment that were put together for um, Clinton, um, which we'll get to in a second because I don't I don't want to skip ahead. But there was there were like there were five there were five senators who voted to acquit him on both accounts. I think there were three others who voted to acquit him on, on one of the two accounts. Mm-hmm. I believe that's, that's correct. Um, not that it, not that it matters as far as the numbers go, but there was partisan support for the president with this, with this situation, with the, with the Trump impeachment, there wasn't, there was, um, in, in the, in the house, it was strictly partisan. Mm-hmm. Um, no Republicans voted, you know, for it. And I think you had one Democrat from New Jersey who decided, like, I'm switching over. And I think you had um, Tulsi, from, Tulsi, Tulsi Gabbard, Gabbard from yeah. Alaska. I mean, no, Alaska, from Hawaii, who is like, uh, I'm just present. Yeah. I don't even want to be a part of this. And then you have the Senate trial. But this is where, where it really matters is you had all the Democrats voting for a conviction. And you had all the Republicans voting for um, acquittal, except for your buddy Mitt Romney. Yeah, I, I think um, in the one, first article, on one of the, Article on One, one of he votes. He was the first person in the history of the United States to vote for conviction for the man in his own party. Mm-hmm. I, I heard that somewhere. You know, so that what that tells me is is that no Democrats voted against Johnson or Clinton in the previous two impeachments. Mm-hmm. But Mitt Romney, I guess, wants to make a name for himself. I, I don't understand him. Too late. I mean, he already he's already known. Uh, but I mean, what I mean, what what's the upside? For I, him? Don't I don't there know. There is no upside. I mean, there's a there's a discussion now of recalling him from Utah. Yeah, they're trying and, to pass a bill. I right. think. Right. And Democrats uh, are not the only way that he could ever become a nominee now is if he switches parties. Right. You had mentioned a second ago that impeachment is becoming used as a political weapon. Like we mentioned, you know, two out of the last four presidents have been impeached. It was, it was mentioned all the time during um, Obama's administration, I, I clearly remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was mentioned during, um, during Bush's administration. I think that the threat of impeachment, is, it, it's a good thing. It, it helps to keep the president sort of in line to where they're not going, you know, to an extreme, you know, abuse of power or different things like this. Where there is but if some... a crime is committed, though, yeah, I mean, we always have the threat of being arrested, but we have to commit a crime mm-hmm. uh, to to walk around and and to be told to our faces by a cop, "I'm watching you. You better not." jaywalk or anything because if you do i'm there to arrest you Mm -hmm. that's that's what that is to have the constant threat of impeachment when you've never done anything wrong i'm not saying that uh trump is is completely innocent and he's never broken a law that's not what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but you can't just keep threatening someone with an arrest or an indictment well it's it's not it's not good for obviously the executive branch but it's definitely not good for the country no it's to have to have a, a party of whichever kind constantly hounding the president it's just it puts stress on the on the country where people are like enough already can we just like get things done and and focus on anything other than just the conflict that is between the two parties it makes you wonder if moving forward if any president will be safe without a house and or a senate majority i mean the only reason President Trump is not, has not, well, I take that back. 
he doesn't have to have a majority in um, in in the Senate. He has to have you know two thirds of people, you know, two thirds of the Senate if they vote him out. Mm-hmm. But it makes you wonder, like, if you don't have a majority in the House, chances are they'll just decide to impeach you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's weird. And that, that should not be. That in itself, I believe, is an abuse of power, an abuse of the impeachment power. I agree. It's just like because it's solely for the, for the House, and if your sole purpose, and a number of, of the Democrat representatives have said, that is the only thing that I'm working on. Um, what is it? Uh, Waters yeah. out in, in California. She was like, Maxine that's, Waters? Yeah, that's yeah. the only thing I am going to be focusing on. I'm like, really? That's the only thing you're going to be focusing on? Yeah. Like, your constituents, well, she's are, telling, what are they going to benefit from She's from telling that? people, she's telling people, if you see cabinet members, get in their faces. Yeah, it's such a joke. But but that's that's beside the point. I mean, the... I, the, I didn't like it under Obama. Again, no. I, I, you know, I was like, if you're going to defeat somebody, it's like a TV show, in my opinion. There are some, uh, there are some newscasters, like on MSNBC, that I don't care for. Mm-hmm. But when I see people creating these petitions, oh, we need to get rid of so-and-so because of what he said or what she said. Yeah. And I'm like, no, yeah. leave it alone. Freedom of speech, okay? If, if this person, if you really want to see this person go down, don't watch it. But you know what? You're going to have people who are going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Let them have their forum. Let them enjoy it and, and leave them alone. Yeah. It's the same with the or, president. Or just leave it up to the company well, to, to fire people. But but what the thing with, like like I said, with Obama is, is that I knew, as much as I didn't care for the man, I knew that there were some people that were so devoted to him that if we did remove him from office... You're asking for trouble. Yeah. You really are because there's a segment of society on both sides that they're going to defend their president and they're mm-hmm. not, they're not going to allow removal. Right. And and you're you're going to incur the you're wrath of those with people. Fire. That's right. Yeah. <sighs> that's why it's very important to have bipartisan support. If you've got you know when, and that's when why Nixon, it has to be clear. Right. When that's Nixon, why it has to be clear. You have Treason and bribery, correct, and then high crimes and misdemeanors, correct. Which is, which means it's like it can't be something subtle, right? Um, and I think we'll hit on to what Alan Dershowitz was talking about during during his, I think, an hour and twenty minute speech uh-huh. before the Senate. He was talking about that. These this needs to be something that is substantial, right? Nixon knew. That he would have been convicted, mm-hmm. in my opinion. I, I haven't read yeah, anything. Yeah, he said that he felt, you know, he's like, it looks like I have lost support in my own party. Yeah. So, I mean, and enough Republicans. Happens, yeah. Enough Republicans were like, you know. I've, this is no good. This is no good. This is and, no good. And they did. And they were. Now, he was not impeached. Yeah. He resigned before. Correct. Before he was impeached. Yeah. But Nixon saw the writing on the wall because there were enough Republicans that sided with the Democrats. Now, I do want to mention something because Republicans can uh, have that was one of their complaints was this was a rushed impeachment. Like they just they tried to just brush through it, fly through it, get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, this impeachment went from September 24th to December 18th. Mm-hmm. Um, based on a so-called whistleblower. Based who, on a so-called whistleblower who has <laughs> never been revealed, despite the fact... It's Eric Sheramella or whatever that guy's despite name is. Despite the fact that Adam Schiff was promising that he would be in, you know, called in as a witness. I, I had heard, and again, I, I have not been able to confirm this, but I had heard that, that this whistleblower is dating 
Schiff's daughter. Have you heard this? It's, no. It's something I keep seeing. But Who knows? It's. I think Rand Paul mentioned his name. Yeah, I heard that he did mention his yeah. name, and, and he, he said, was like, "This guy should be, you know, he publicized in in the papers and different stuff like that." Well, you know. Be interesting Whatever. to find it out. It would be interesting. I would like to know who it was. Um, I think but... it's that Eric Chamella or whatever his name is. I mean, I can't get in trouble for saying it, can I? No. <laughs> I'm not a government official. You're not a government <laughs> official. You can do whatever you want. Eric Chamella. Uh, one of the things that I did have a hard time with is that they, I, I don't think that they called enough witnesses or the right witnesses. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the House Democrats did. I think that they did a, a poor job of bringing in the witnesses that you know, we're really going to build up their case because they brought in um, Sondland, uh, who was the ambassador. You brought in Yovanovitch, who was another ambassador, and they did really nothing for your case. Mm-hmm. If anything, they they hurt, they, yeah. they hurt your case. Because um, that Sondland guy said, he came up to me and said, no quid pro quo. Right. And the thing is, he was recently fired. He was Correct. let go by the Trump administration along with Alec, uh, Vinman. Vinman, yeah. Vinman's gone. Um and it's like, well, I understand why those those two are, are gone. And the reason I think Sondland is gone is because of his opening statement. His opening statement made it. If he they'd have just left it there, you know, mm-hmm. um, and you know, take take for you know instance like the the Republicans wouldn't have you know asked any questions, which I'm quite certain that they would have. But his opening statement didn't say anything about that conversation with President Trump. Like, I don't want anything from the Ukrainians. No quid pro quo. He didn't mention that until he started being questioned, which is very odd. Because his opening statement made it seem like, okay, this... Which is why during his opening statement, Twitter and the media were going nuts. Like, this is it. Like, this is the moment um, that is going to sink the Trump administration. And then as that conversation continued and they started asking questions, they are like, oh, never mind then. But... It was from September 24th to December 18th. And, and I'm going off of the idea that there was, this was a quote-unquote rushed impeachment process. Um, and from January 16th to the February 5th was the Senate trial, who didn't call any witnesses. Tammy Baldwin, the Democrat uh, senator from Wisconsin, sort of made a, made you know, she, she made an accurate statement because um, she was like, every impeachment trial before the Senate has always had witnesses called. And... Like, why are we not doing that now? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the Senate was like, you know, we're not going to. They they did break precedent, which I think is what we're wanting to talk about. So now that they've broken precedent with that of not calling any witnesses. Uh, was in, it because the of the previous? Now, they wanted a new witness. Wasn't the uh, previous impeachments, they used the same witnesses? Did they want the same okay. witnesses? Or they wanted new they, witnesses? They wanted new witnesses. They wanted John, John Bolton. Bolton. Right. And the Republicans were saying, okay, fine. You bring John Bolton, we're going to bring Hunter Biden, and we're yeah. going to bring uh, Joe Biden. Yeah. But in the previous impeachments, were they trying to introduce new witnesses to the impeachment that were not I th- and presented? I, well, that's what the House wanted. They And that's, I don't think, as far as a time frame goes. Because Bolton did not speak at the House. Right. But they no. wanted, they were like, okay, we want him in the Senate. And they but- didn't want, they didn't do that until that book 
came out and the New York Times sort of reported like, oh, man, there's some stuff in this book. Uh-huh. But that Im- the impeachment had already been taken care of in the House. Right. Right. And so they're like, oh, shoot, we should have, you know, brought him in. Uh-huh. And then, you know, the House was like, hey, um, you guys need to bring in witnesses and it needs to be John Bolton. It's like these are two separate houses. The house is the house is done. Now, you've mm-hmm. got some managers or whatever, but you can't come and tell the Senate how they're going to run the trial. Like you, if, if you're going to do that, if you're going to bring in a certain witness, you should have done that during your moment in time and then already have that information laid out before the Senate. Mm-hmm. That's on them. I don't have a problem with how, quote unquote, short the time frame was of the impeachment process because it pretty much is the same as, as the other ones uh, that took place. Um, like during the Clinton impeachment, let's say the House voted on impeachment inquiry on October 8th, a day before my birthday. Um, and it impeached Clinton on December 19th. So that's what October 8th to December 19th freaking, um, it was, it was longer for the Trump one because it was September 24th to December 18th. Mm-hmm. Um, and going on to the, you know, the Senate trial was January 7th to February 12th, which is pretty close to what just happened January 16th to February 5th. So I don't think that there was like a short amount of time mm-hmm. um, that was that was put together. And but what I'm asking is that in let's say in the Clinton impeachment, were there any new witnesses that were introduced in the Senate that did not testify in the House? I don't know. Yeah. No, that, I don't. I don't know. But the thing is, is yeah. is that there were witnesses brought forth before the Senate. Yeah. Um, and there were a lot but of I did, them. But I have heard the argument that once this was kind of like the prosecution rests, and they present, and now it's up to the Senate to look at the material that has mm-hmm. been presented. That there's no new material that can be introduced. That is yeah. my understanding. I've heard that from the from the Republican senators, that this is your case. There's no more that well, you can no, add. Well, no, that's what they voted on. They were like, yeah. no new witnesses and no new yeah. you know, stuff to, but, to put but in. You had your chance to put it all together. My understanding is, is that uh, McConnell used the exact same rules in the uh, Trump impeachment that they used in the Clinton impeachment. Yes. It was exactly the same. Yeah, and I was. think that's why they did not introduce any new witnesses because they're using the same rules as the Clinton. And in the Clinton one, there were no new witnesses that were introduced for the Senate that did not testify in the House. I think that's the reason. It's something something that uh, our yeah. listeners can look up, we can look up. Yeah. Um, something that, that I, I did want to mention, because you had mentioned Joe Biden. Uh, during the Clinton impeachment, he had sent a memo. And because people were flipping out about why is the Senate not bringing in new witnesses? How could they do this? This is corrupt. You know, even in the House managers, like this is something that pissed off the, the senators, the Republican senators. The House managers and some of the, the Democrat senators were accusing Democrats, I mean, House, oh my God, Republican senators of a cover-up. That's not any way to to prove your case or mm-hmm. <laughs> or get some type of bipartisanship. But Biden, um, during the Clinton impeachment, he wrote a memo and it said uh, the Senate may dismiss articles of, of impeachment without holding a full trial or taking new evidence. Put another way, the Constitution does not impose on the Senate the duty to hold a trial in light of the executive or in light of the extensive record already compiled it may be that the benefit of receiving additional evidence or live testimony is not great enough to outweigh the public cost in terms of national prestige 
faith in public institutions, etc., of such a proceeding. While a judge may not take, it, take such considerations into account, the Senate is uniquely competent to make such a balance. So Biden was like, hey, you know, you don't have to, and this is, you know, 20 years prior, you don't have to bring in new evidence. You don't have to have witnesses. You don't have to have a lot of things. Um, you don't have to have a, a full, complete trial. Um, and so this is what he was, he was saying um, 20 years prior, which is what the Republicans did mm-hmm. this time. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I think was a mistake during the, the Clinton impeachment, um, which was something that Trump was advised not to do, was to not go before a deposition. Like he was told, you're not going before a deposition, which mm-hmm. is something that Clinton, Bill Clinton, did. He went before a deposition, which I believe, you know, he, he, looking back on it, he probably thinks the same way now. Is like he should have just claimed executive privilege and not done it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something that shot him in the foot because two out of the four, the two of the four articles that were approved for his impeachment was lying under oath to a federal grand jury and obstructing justice. Um, so that lying part was, you know, it just got the whole ball rolling right there. Yeah, um, yeah he perjured you, himself uh, in, when he did that. Exactly. Um, strictly partisan. You wanted to mention what Rick Scott was was introducing. Yeah, Rick Scott uh, wanted to introduce a bill. Instead of a simple majority in the House, mm-hmm. it has to be three-fifths of the House, 60%. Uh, this way, you're not going to have... If you have, okay, like you were mentioning, uh, does this mean that the, that the party in the White House needs to have control of, of the uh, House of Representatives to prevent an impeachment? Mm-hmm. Rick Scott's amendment, he's the Republican out of, uh, out of Florida, mm-hmm. this, the 28th Amendment would prevent such a thing from happening, that now it has to be not just a simple majority, but a supermajority. Because as we had mentioned before, you know, like with the Nixon uh, fiasco and his uh, lying, uh, when it's obvious that that a crime has occurred, that the president, um, that there are reasons for the impeachment, for the indictment, really, Mm -hmm. then it's not partisan. Then it's like, guys, there really was a crime that was committed. Mm -hmm. And you will have that with a a supermajority. But if you just have a simple majority... You know, you had people coming in, like we were mentioning, the AOC crowd, Tlaib, uh, Omar, Ilhan, who all, you know, they were, they were elected on, we're going to indict the president. We're going to indict the president. Now, keep in mind, they were saying we're going to indict the president before the Mueller report came out and mm-hmm. before the whole Ukraine thing came yeah. out. So all they were saying is, we're going to indict the president because we want to indict the president, just yeah. on the fact that we don't like him. There was no Ukraine case before, and 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 like we had said, like we had said at the very beginning, I think that they felt that you know one they they couldn't stand him, uh-huh. but two they felt they really had something. Once this Mueller report came out, it's like why would he take two years if there's nothing there, you know? Well, two years later, you know, it's like uh, yeah. there wasn't you know anything there, um, so I think this would be a, a good thing to put into place. Um, that there has to be three-fifths or a two-thirds majority instead of... Because it's just, it's too risky. And and I think it would go in line with whatever it is that is impeachable has to be above bar. It can't be just something subtle, 
um, and vague. It has to be something of substance to where you have both parties or at least portions of both parties who are like, man, no, I think that like a, like a Nixon thing, think that this is something that is impeachable. When it's something that's obvious. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that would be a good thing. But g- sort of to go over what we had mentioned, I think there were a couple of precedents that were set um, during this. One, not calling any witnesses before the Senate set a precedent for the Senate moving forward. Okay. What are you talking about in 98 or now? Now. Now. Okay. Because there were plenty of witnesses brought before the Senate in 98, but none this time. Although Biden, you know, Democrats said, you know, you don't have to. Okay, that may be the truth, but that's that's not precedent. That's never happened before. Now it's happened. And now it's been done. And whatever Senate to come in the future and you run into a situation like this, it can be done again. Um Regardless of the circumstances, um, this was a completely partisan vote. Mm-hmm. It's never been the case, you know, before to where the other party is like, no, we're not. It's strictly acquittal or it's strictly uh, conviction. So I, those are just two precedents that have been set, which I think are, are dangerous uh, for the country. And I think that this Rick Scott proposal is a good idea. Yeah. Um, so abuse of power, this is what President Trump was, one of the two articles that he was, con, um, uh, that he was indicted on. Um, too vague, you think? Abuse of power? Or is it just, if you're going to say abuse of power, it needs to actually be something that is of substance. And people may be thinking, well, wait a minute. It was of substance. This was abuse of power. He was withholding aid. I'm like, look... Presidents from, you know, way back when have always withheld aid. Um, Well, no, this was against their uh, potential competitor on the other side for the election. This was to, you know, help themselves type thing. It was like, well, there was corruption there, which I want to get into uh, later. We've we've withheld aid. I remember when there was a, um, if you want to call it a coup in Egypt and in Honduras under uh, Obama, uh, aid was... Stopped oh, right. because um, for for the Obama administration, it, it was kind of ironic because the Honduran president that was overthrown was Marxist, and the uh, and Morsi of Egypt was Muslim Brotherhood. So for me, I welcomed the coup in both instances. Mm-hmm. But the Obama administration was saying, I don't know if they if they actually supported the leaders. I think Obama supported Morsi, but. For them, they were like, no, these guys that were overthrown were democratically elected. So they, they withheld aid. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not the first time that aid is withheld because of events that take place. So, right. uh, you know, people need to need to understand that. And I, I, I and I do want to get into the, the whole idea that, well, it was a conflict of interest to go and do this because of the Biden situation, because of who it was. We'll, we'll hit on that. Well, yeah, but. because I think Dershowitz even said that you can't impeach a president for something like that mm-hmm. if it's for the good of the country. Right. But and we'll, that's we'll the just, thing. We'll yeah, just, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss just, we'll it a little discuss bit later. This. But you wanted to hit on abuse of power possibly being well, too vague, going not off on, of what Dershowitz not was only that, about. but you know the the thing like with what happened with Nixon. I like to go back with Nixon. Um, whether this is the abuse of power or obstruction of Congress, um, the Supreme Court weighed in on Nixon, 
and it, I believe that had something to do with the tapes, the Nixon tapes. Right. And the, and the Supreme Court ruled, and I again, I, I don't know if it was nine to nothing, but it was, from my understanding, it was, it was unanimous. Mm-hmm. They said, you have to turn them over. Yeah. So now... Nixon had no choice. He had to turn them over. It was either nine to nothing or eight to nothing yeah. with one like deferring. Right. But, uh, but, but this house, Pelosi's house, did not wait for the Supreme Court in any case. You know, now, and that's and why o- I'm saying, o- like, yeah. to an extent, that's why it was rushed, right. not so much the time frame. Well, Fast and Furious under Obama, Eric Holder did not cooperate with Congress, with the House, and he was found guilty of... Um, uh, oh, contempt, contempt of Congress, mm-hmm. right? Which I don't think had ever happened before with a uh, attorney general. Yeah. So, I mean, could that have led to an impeachment? It's here we are again. Here yeah. We're having here this, we are. Here yeah. we're having this discussion. So, so this is why the whole obstruction of Congress. You know, if the Supreme Court ruled in the House's favor. Then I would say, okay, well, you know what, you're gonna, you are gonna have to now because yeah. we don't want a constitutional crisis on our hands. Mm-hmm. Do you want to mention anything about Dershowitz? Well, uh, Dershowitz, uh, he he had stated several things. Um, first of all, he says, look, I am a liberal Democrat, and he stated that, and he, and he served on tr- Trump's uh, legal team. He said that the acquittal of President Trump was a, uh, it was a good week for the United States Constitution. The Constitution won. I think the House of Representatives disgraced itself by its partisan vote. And I think the Senate did the right thing by protecting the Constitution. I'm proud of America. The system works. Now, if a president does something which he believes will help him get elected in the public interest, that cannot be the kind of quid pro quo that results in impeachment. Now, right now, he is being rebuked by his fellow Democrats, Mm -hmm. and there was even a call to have him disbarred. Which is silly. I mean, it's the way that he is reading, you know, the the Constitution, but that's, it's also like the way that he, I mean, he did a great job during his presentation, I think. Mm -hmm. He gave you a ton of history, gave you a ton of of information from Madison, uh, from Alexander Hamilton, um, he gave you a lot of stuff from Benjamin Curtis, uh, who was, who he was part ex- of the legal team for Andrew Johnson. Yeah. He tried to Johnson explain. He was on The View. He tried to explain the uh, Johnson impeachment, and they, they just shut him down. Yeah. They would not let him speak, and he, and he fought back, and he said, listen, you, you want to know? You, you're going to have to look at the Johnson impeachment, and he, he spouted off a, f- uh, a few things. And, yeah. Um, you know, he's he's a liberal Democrat. Mm-hmm. We've known this, and, and it's very well known, and he's still a liberal Democrat. And, you know, this kind of reminded me of the Skokie case where the ACLU said, look, we may not like the, you know, the Nazis or the, I don't remember if it was the Nazis or the KKK. I think it was the Nazis that spoke at Skokie, mm-hmm. Illinois, where there was a large uh, Jewish presence. They said, we don't like the Nazis, but they have a right to speak. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here, well, here's a man who stands on his principles, yeah. um, a liberal Democrat. I mean, I don't like the Nazis. I don't like the communists. I don't like Antifa. I don't like the KKK. Do they have a right to speak? Yes, they but, do. I mean, his but his not... point is that you have to abide by the Constitution. Right, right, right. But what you I'm can't saying is, is that... You by the, the court of public opinion. Right. What I'm saying is that you know our Constitution, our, our Bill of Rights were written in a way to protect 
individuals, groups. Um, and right. This, this is where Dershowitz comes in. Someone like yeah, Dershowitz. Yeah, but I want to go off of what he was, what he said um, about if it if it benefits him. This is not an emolument. You know, uh-huh. this is not something like financial, like a personal gain. This is you know political gain. If he does something that benefits him and benefits the country, but it hurts maybe one of his political opponents, that's not an impeachable offense. It it, it can't be. Because you can't tie the hands of the executive. Right. And that's what that would do, especially in a situation where there's some obvious corruption going on, some obvious like conflict of interest, corruption going on with the Ukrainians, mm-hmm. uh, the Ukrainians, and that whole company that Hunter Biden was with. And Joe Biden saying in front of the, the foreign policy, the, this he forum, he's like, I told him you're not getting this money unless you fire, not look into the situation. You fire the prosecutor. You fire the prosecutor who's looking into the company that my son works for. Yeah. Like that is one, the conflict of interest is that his son's over there working. But whatever. Like there's been plenty of, you know, kids who have taken advantage of their dad's or their mom's name and and built a, a career off of it. Yeah, but he was Whatever. dishonorably discharged with no. He's not a he, good person. Yeah, he did not obviously speak, he's uh, got he, his credentials are not yeah, very high. He didn't speak the right? language. He didn't have any. It's he knew very nothing about odd oil. Thing, yeah, you know. But that in itself, on its face, is not corruption. Right. That is definitely a conflict of of interest. But at the same time, if this was if this is a, a company and it's not the Ukrainian government, mm-hmm. then there's not you know, that a real conflict of interest that, that I see. Um, I see it's just, it's very odd. What was wrong was for Vice President then, Joe Biden, to do that yeah. to the Ukrainian government and put them up against the wall and say, you don't get this unless, like, that's that actual is, yeah. quid pro quo. And not just quid pro quo, that's corruption. Um, and people are like, well, that's quid pro quo. Yeah, but that's quid pro quo to, like a like, a higher level. Um, which I find that just very odd. So it sort of asks the question, can you not look into corruption as the president, regardless of who the person is, even if they're they're coming in and going to run for office, like yeah. all of a sudden that person is off limits? Yeah, that's... That, that was, is, that's scary. Because, I've heard that. Because now that sets another, sets another precedent that the House Democrats conducted. They, they created this precedent of... You cannot look into a political opponent at the time of you being president. You can't do that. You can't even look into corruption or potential corruption. It's like, well, now you are opening up an avenue. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine if, if, if President Trump was acquitted on the basis of this? Then that sets the precedent of any president that's in office and they're up for re-election and they notice that there's some corrupt behavior for somebody who's coming in to possibly run against them, mm-hmm. they can't look into it. You know, he should have already been, this should have already been looked into. Oh, absolutely. I, what was that? Absolutely. He should have already been looked into and here's why. That was a horn honk. I know. Uh, <laughs> he should have been looked into and here's the reason why. If he's looked into now, okay, you're, you're trying to influence the election. If he's looked into, let's say he wins the presidency, and if he's looked into then, then it becomes an impeachment. We're right back where we started. Mm-hmm. They should have looked, the Justice Department should have looked into this. They should have already investigated this 
when he made that statement. When, I mean, when did he make that statement? Do you know? Was that a recent thing or was that... Because uh, if that was done three years ago, what are they waiting for? No, I think it was... Yeah, I, I can't remember when it was done. When he made uh, the comment? Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's now it's kind of... Okay, the, uh, the only way they're going to have to do this now is if he's not the nominee, then they're going to have to investigate mm-hmm. so that it doesn't become another witch hunt. Right. And, you know, what's funny is it's like when Nancy Pelosi tore up uh, the speech. The State of the, the Union. The, yeah, yeah. I'm hearing that that was a violation of federal law. Was it? Yes. Those are uh, those those are supposed to those go are, to... Those are federal documents. Federal documents, yeah. Oh, man. She I didn't viol- even think yeah, about that. She violated the law right there. Oh, jeez. Got to watch yourself. Yeah. Good luck. Uh, we got camera. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we got it on camera. But she should have known that. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, that was just such... That was That was very bad. That was a really bad move. Very one, very childish, but two, you're not even putting putting into consideration the names of the people that were on that. Like one of the guys we interviewed. Yeah. Charles McGee. Now general. Charles McGee. Yeah. Yeah. And all these just great people that were presented during this State of the Union address and you tear it up. It's like wow. Yeah. That was uh, it was a when I saw that when I saw her do that, I thought, is that standard to well, to, this to speech is done. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> I, I, I had never noticed that yeah. before. And then I come to the realization she did that intentionally yeah. for the publicity. I wonder if like 50 or 60 years down the road, they'll have those like in like, uh, you know, some plaque or whatever, where it's like, this was the only State of the Union address yes. that was immediately ripped up by yeah. the Speaker of the House. Um, another precedent that was that was set forth, which was so bizarre was Adam Schiff's reading of the transcript yes. that he made up, yeah. that nobody knew that he made up. The American people did not know that he was making this up, that mm-hmm. he had created this on his own. And he just reads this entire thing, and then later on he's like, you know, it's satirical. It's not. I'm like. That's not you, the place for it. Like, uh, Yeah, I know. That's, this, some, that's so lying under oath, isn't it? It's like. You took an oath. Well, yeah. Well, I did. You know, I wasn't talking to Congress. Yeah, you know, but you took you, you took an oath of office, mm-hmm. and now you just made up this script that you were tying to the president. Mm-hmm. I'll call you seven times, or don't do anything until I, you know, seven times, and and you know, I want dirt, and like don't call me I'll call you mm-hmm. and it's just all this stuff and you're like all of that is completely fabricated and he's not being held to the fire for mm-hmm. it and I'm like so what is what what is that going to create in the future that you can get away with that type yeah. of stuff you know I, I sometimes wonder and I I've had debates with people who are Democrat and I you know, I bring up some of the stuff regarding the impeachment, and mm-hmm. they will say, okay, they're not going to, they didn't state specifically, okay, well, he wasn't guilty of this, he wasn't guilty of that, but they're going to throw in about how he's, a, how he's a liar, how he's just awful man, and I'm like, okay, again, I thought Obama was a liar, because, you know, when that guy called him during the State of the Union, when Obama stated, you know, that uh, illegal aliens are not going to benefit from Obamacare, and that one guy, Joe Wilson, I think, yelled, "You lie." Well, it's because Obama, 
I think he changed the definition of what he thought was an illegal alien, or he wanted to just get rid of the whole mm-hmm. definition itself, and and that way, okay, well, I'm not lying. I mean, that that's that's the sense that I got. I'm not going to pull an Adam Schiff here and say that that's exactly what it was. Yeah, watch it, pal. Yeah, I know, I, I do watch it. But although he I mean, did say I, that you could keep your yeah, you he know, did, he did do that. I, you know, there there was very little. I I did I did like when Obama used the drones to kill the terrorists. Okay, yes, they did not get their day in court. But you know what? You're in the middle of Yemen. Are we going to endanger the lives of, of our special forces to well, go get dude, him? Dude, how many soldiers on the other side, you know, you, you say, I'm not, all right, don't kill these people. Yeah. Let's just bring them into right. court. To hell with that. But I, I heard that argument, and even Rand Paul had that argument, which I was not... Which on. Rand Paul is against any conflict in, right. in general. I'm just right. like, dude... But I, I was fully behind Obama using drones to kill some of these uh, these terrorists mm-hmm. around the world. I, I was like, I mean, good job. And I really was. And but the thing were, is, like, there were a lot of policy, you know, that I, I did objectives. Not like. yeah. and, and here's here's the way his policy policy is going to work. And there were, you know, primarily Republicans and conservatives are like, no, I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with how your policy is, and I don't mm-hmm. agree with your foreign policy or your domestic policy or whatever. But it's like, but that's the executive. Right. Like, they institute. They put in the policy. Yeah. That's why they're voted in as the president, right. so that they can do things that they think is best for the country. And yeah, half well, of the country yeah. is not going to agree with what that person... Like, half the country is not going to agree with what President Trump's doing. Yeah, like having John Brennan in the CIA, he voted for a communist. I mean, look, there's a lot there that you're not going to agree with. Right. You're not, but you have it. You know what? You have to wait your turn. You got to wait your you, turn. You, should, you try again in another four years. You hope that your uh, your representative, the Senate, whoever, mm-hmm. will force him to compromise on legislation. Yeah. One of the other precedents that I I, I noticed was um, they said obstruction of Congress, and I mean to an extent, I I do agree with. One, President Trump just put the kibosh on, you know, I mean, he instituted executive privilege across the board. Right. Like, you're not cooperating. No one in the executive branch is cooperating. No one's coming forward. And that set a precedent of now any president can just say, well, President Trump did this. Mm-hmm. We're not cooperating at all. Now, I know that there is a separation of powers, which is a fantastic thing, which is what makes America unique. But... This set up something that is no good. And I know we, we mentioned Nixon, you know, eventually having those tapes subpoenaed. Um, but, you know, this is a precedent that was set. Yeah. Um, the whistleblower identity not coming forward. Um, who knows? I mean. And the whistleblower should have come forward, in my opinion. I, I think so. And Especially you know, because it was an inaccurate. There were a lot of inaccuracies. Mm-hmm. Like. With with the whole thing, and then once that transcript was put forth, you're like, oh, this this is why we're impeaching the president, you know, and they they went forward with it anyways. Um, and I think that the last precedent that I I want to mention, like the whole moving forward, is this whole whistleblower thing. One, and I, I forgot a commentator had mentioned like how many people need to be on this phone call. Why are there like 12 people or 20 people on this one phone call? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was Dan Crenshaw or somebody who was saying this, like maybe just have 
your vice president and you know one of your you know chief your chief of staff on the phone call like one or two people i mean and and have the, have the transcript but you know all these people especially if you you have an executive branch with all these staff members that you're like i don't know if i trust all of these people mm-hmm. i don't know all of these people because there's you know there were a lot of holdovers which is always the case there's holdovers from the previous administration um and you've had a lot of leak you know, a lot of leakings, you know, out of just random stuff mm-hmm. um, from, you know, this is happening in in the White House. This was mentioned to another foreign power, blah, 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 like what we've had to President Trump is yelling at people like what is going on? And so that was something that was brought up. But it now you have what if foreign powers feel like, dang, I can't even talk to the president. Yeah. Now it's, you know, I, I, too many leakers. There are too many leakers. Now, like if I say something to this president, it's going to be leaked Mm -hmm. and that's going to put my country in jeopardy or my administration in jeopardy. And so there's not that trust factor there. And Chief Justice Warren Burger mentioned this during the, the Nixon, you know, like the whole investigation when he was trying to hold back the, the tapes. He said, we cannot conclude that advisors will be moved to temper the candor of their remarks by the infrequent occasions of disclosure. I'm talking about internal advisors, occasions of disclosure because of the possibility that such conversations will be called for in the context of a criminal prosecution. Um, So he's saying bringing these tapes and subpoenaing these tapes, probably he's saying it shouldn't have much to do with the freedom to say what you need to say. But now we have a situation where foreign leaders are now, you know, what they're saying is being leaked. And this is this is not a good thing because now let's say that President Trump loses um, to a Democrat in the next election or say he finishes out in the next, you know, uh, Democrat wins. Well, what if there's a holdover, a bunch of holdovers from the previous administration and they're leaking stuff mm-hmm. about, so you have created this environment that may or may not remain in the White House or remain in the executive branch, or every single time an, a new administration comes in, it's an absolute clearing of the house. Right. And that's a lot of house cleaning. Yeah. You know, so you, I now presidents that- are coming in, they, they feel that they have to, because if it's a Especially if the the party switches. Well, I think uh, now that the Mueller investigation is over and now that the impeachment is over, I think you're going to see a clearing of the House. Mm -hmm. Uh, The White House, the State Department, I think you're going to see a lot of key positions are going to be purged. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is like the uh, restoration of uh, Charles II, where you're going to dig up the body of Cromwell Cut off his head, draw and quarter him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oddly enough. Uh, It's... Yeah. It's definitely it, it, a flipping. It, this off. is a consequence. This is a consequence. Mm-hmm. Vin, Vinman is that his name? Yeah. Okay. I don't know anything about the guy. I felt, I felt that Trump had the right to get rid of him, just like Stanley. I think his name was Stanley McChrystal, the general that spoke ill of Obama. Obama, based on that one interview with Rolling Stone, Obama got rid of him. Yeah. Okay. I have a problem. There's a part of me that has a problem with with men and women who serve our country and reached a certain level, whether it's the lieutenant colonel 
that was purged by Trump or whether it was Stanley McChrystal, who was a general purged by Obama. Um, I, 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 I don't like to see that happening to people who have purge. Served. What are you, Stalin? Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, that's that's the word that they're that's the word that they're using. Um, yeah. Anyone who's fired, even Douglas MacArthur, who had you know fights with with Truman, Truman fired the man. Mm-hmm. Well, it got and to the it got it, it did, it got extreme. but it's unfortunate because you have men who've devoted their life to their country, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's one thing to see a civilian. Yeah. I, I don't care less about some of the civilians. I, I have a soft heart for military men and women, and you know I'm not saying that uh, Vinman didn't deserve it. I'm just sorry that it had to happen. Mm-hmm. And he would still be serving our country if this whole impeachment thing didn't happen. Yeah, but it's one thing in defense of Obama and in defense of Trump. One, you are speaking against the president on who's record. Your, who's your boss? Who is your boss? Yeah. Which is stupid. It is stupid. If you're having water cooler talk and mm-hmm. then you get fired because somebody down the line has heard that you said or somebody heard that you said... That's different. Mm-hmm. And then you got Venman who comes in and he's against you as well. Mm-hmm. He's used as a witness against you. Right. Then, you know, no, no, no. I'm not, again, I'm you not need saying to be fired. I'm not saying because that, you have yeah. now your boss is like, uh, I can't, yeah. I can't work with you. It's sort of right. like Crane firing Hinch and Luno. It's like, uh-huh. here it is. I've told you not to do certain things and yet you continue to do it. I need people that I can completely fully trust. Right. And if that's not going to happen and now you're at the very highest level in the entire world. And if I can't trust you. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying Trump didn't have a right to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have done the same thing. Right. What I'm saying is, is that I feel bad that a guy that uh, attained the status of Lieutenant Colonel, that this, that this happened to him. I, he should have shut up. He should have. He should have just. You know, if you don't like the administration, mm-hmm. then, then either get out or. But but don't or say something to him. I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm playing armchair quarterback here. Yeah. I just feel bad when generals, lieutenant colonels, are lose their jobs over politics. I really do. That's that's, that's why you're in yeah. the military. Right. You don't need to get involved in politics. Correct. So. And that's why Douglas MacArthur, as great as he was, yeah. that's why he got fired. Yeah. He wanted to get too political and, you know, yep. like he was the president. Correct. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, as always, we like to finish with a scripture verse. So this scripture is Psalm 41, 9. And it says this, Even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. Well, you know, it's sort of like what we just witnessed. Who do you trust? Who can you trust? It's it, you just gotta yeah. gotta watch what you do. Well, even Jesus had uh, someone he couldn't trust. Yep, Mary, his mother. I was gonna, you know, go elsewhere, but you know, Mary Magdalene, <sighs> Judas, Judy, <laughs> right. George, right. Washington, George Washington had his Judas. He, he had his had Judases. several of them. Yeah, yeah he had several yeah, multiples. Of them. Not just uh, yeah. right at the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, where can people find us, man? Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. They can also find us on our very own website, www.thesonsofhistory.com, and you can also find us individually with the Epic Times. 
Uh, I should have an article here coming out uh, by... Just in time for Valentine's Day. Just in time for Valentine's. You've heard of the Adams Family Halloween. Well, you're about to witness the Adams Family Valentine's. No, not Morticia and Gomez, but John and Abigail. It's going to be beautiful. I can't wait to read it. Yeah, you know... It was a, you know, a heartfelt effort. Praise the Lord. (laughs) All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. We hope you enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to you next time.